Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Carbonite Online Backup. Automatic, continual, and unlimited backup for your computer files for only $59 a year. Try it free at Carbonite.com and use the offer code TWIP and get two bonus months with purchase. This week on TWIP, Where Aware is Aperture 4, Facebook likes Google Plus's photo layout, an update on Olympic photography antics, and an interview with Creative Live VP George Varanakis. It's Wednesday, August 1st, 2012, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today on the show to discuss some of the crazy things that have been happening this week in the world of photography are Mr. Derek Story and Mr. Doug Kay. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very well, thank you. All right. Doing great. Doing great. Doug, let's start with you. What, what have you been up to? I've been keeping up with you on Google+, and it seems like you are, you're omnipresent. You're everywhere. <laughs> You're like you're doing. You're overlapping photo walks now. What's going I'm, on? I'm so omnipresent that I spent last week in Oregon, which was nice, and uh, and New York at inc- the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, including including trying to photograph Crater Lake, which is an incredible challenge when there's nothing in the sky. Um, but that was fun. And but now I've got a new toy. I have my hands on a D800e. Oh, and uh, just to just to make you eat your heart out, Frederick. Oh. And um, uh, which I which I now have to sell my 700 in order to help pay for, yeah. but but um, it's amazing. I've been doing tests, uh, sharpness tests, lens tests. It's it is everything it's uh, built out to be, built to be. It's marvelous. All right, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And the E yeah. is the is it that's the one without the anti-aliasing filter in it. That's correct. You pay more to get less. Got it. Okay. All right, cool. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Mr. Derek Story is also in the house. Hey, Derek, what's going on? Hey, I'm I'm doing really well. Just back from uh, Carpinteria, actually. Carpinteria, California. Oh, let me guess. What is down there? Hmm. Let me see. Uh, uh, Linda.com. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. We updated the Aperture title. The uh, We updated it uh, 3.3 now. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that. So that's uh, that's one of the one of the things that we're going to talk about in the in the news for this week in photo. Oh, good, that's uh, a good topic. Yeah, I well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I have some pretty pointed journalistic type questions for you. So. Oh, I can take them. I can take them. All right, all right. Well, some of the things we're going to be talking about on the show, of course, are like I just said, the aperture. What's going on with Aperture and, you know, specifically, you know, a while ago there was the whole Aperture versus Lightroom. Who's winning? Is there a winner? Do we need a winner? You know, and what's up with Aperture 4? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk about Facebook upgrading or changing their photo layout to look more like Google+. Is that a sign of the times or... um, is it just a fad? You know, so is that whole mosaic thing just a fad? So we'll talk about that a little bit. And plus, we're going to do an, an update on the Olympics. So there's lots of stuff happening 
with regard to photography at the Olympics, some interesting things and some quirky things. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, there's a great interview with Mr. George Veronakis, who was previously of WPPI Rangefinder and Aftercapture fame. He's a guy that actually came up with Aftercapture, um, that adjunct to Rangefinder. And he was the, the senior vice president over at WPPI, Wedding and Portrait Photographers International. So I had a chance to sit down with him and pick his brain about his latest adventure, and that is as the senior VP over at Creative Live. So it's a, that's a great interview that will be inserted into this show. But first, let's kick off with Derek's story <laughs> and Aperture. So, Derek, let me tell you my story. Uh, okay. What, Derek's story, I'll tell you my story. Um, what happened this week? So I was talking with a friend. I think it was Joseph Linaski or somebody about Aperture. And I was like, you know what? I love the fact that you can do the slideshows in there and you can just, it's all in one. You can do like mixed video and audio and trim things. And, you know, it's just, it's just a clean sort of interface and all in one interface. So I was, I'm a Lightroom user died in, in the wool, right? So I was thinking, why don't I just give Aperture a try? I'm going to jump in and I'm going to give Aperture a try and, and, not move over to it, but I'm going to at least import a couple of shoots into it and use it like a regular user would. So I did like any other user would, you know, I went and did my research, I Googled, and I found lots of angst online about the lack of Aperture 4. So, and just people just complaining, saying, you know, Apple has abandoned Aperture and all this stuff. So frankly, I said, I was literally, I had a tab open to buy it. Uh, not the tab, but I had uh, the app store open to buy it. I was going to buy it. And I said, you know what? Let me hold off until I chat with some other people. Let so, me talk to Derek. Let me talk to Derek. So, Derek, <laughs> what? this is a pointed question. I'm sharpening the spear here. Where is Aperture 4? <laughs> you know, where is Ooh. Aperture 4? Well, I mean, it's a good place to start, I think. And, you know, a lot of the... A lot of the discussion online, you know, centers around uh, the version number. You know, why why do we have three point three instead of four? And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with, in all honesty, the Mac App Store, and that uh, Apple is delivering software now a little differently than in the uh, in the old days, where you know, where you got a box and you got a DVD full of software, and you know, they 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 saved up all the features and they they ran QA uh, on on all that stuff and when everything was ready they they burned a gold master and then they released it and and, um, that's changing now it should be uh, easier though right there's no it's just bits moving around you finish it and you copy the file over to the magic app store servers and put a price on it and I'm simplifying this of course but it seems like it'd be easier than okay now we have to burn a disc and master five gazillion copies of DVDs that are going to go out to people that's gone so it should be faster right well it is easier and and what they're and so the change that's happening is that now when there's um, a group of features that are ready to go they just feel like they want to release it and not wait until you know there's the a, a version four and that's really what happened with version three point three is that they had a group of really big features that they didn't want to hold until uh, version four they were ready to go now uh, mountain lion is coming out it's a good fit for it so they just went ahead and did this this big point uh, update and uh, it's it's substantial. I mean, the unified library with uh, iPhoto and Aperture, uh, the change in the interface, um, you know, it goes on and on. There, there's a, a lot of 
a lot of big stuff in this point update that doesn't cost anything. You know, all right, you, all right, you, well, just, you just get the update. Hang on a second. I think we've just been joined by Mr. Dan Ablin. I was trying to get him in earlier and had some Skype issues, but Dan, are you there? Can you hear me? We can hear you fine. Welcome. Hey, guys. How are you? All right. We have a quorum. We have the, the we have D3 today, the Dan, the Derek, and the Doug. So right. <laughs> we're rolling D, high, guys. Ds. All right. So, hey, welcome, man. Um, we were just talking about Aperture versus Lightroom, or not so much versus Lightroom, but Aperture and... I guess aperture versus itself. Yeah, aperture versus aperture. <laughs> aperture it's like versus spy versus spy. You know, spy versus spy. Yeah, aperture. Yeah. You know, taking. You know, I don't know. I don't want to say shooting itself in the foot, but from the standpoint of me, of like just from my consumer self looking at it, I just I wanted to play with it, and then I didn't because of the negative, the negative sort of negativity surrounding the lack of the 4.0. And Derek, you're saying that don't look at it like that, that they're yeah. as things because of the distribution system of the app store, they can drip out releases. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're keeping up with the raw profile updates, you know, all, you know, so, you know, those have been rolling out regularly. So there's, there's, you know, hasn't been any problem there for the, for the usual suspects at all. They're rolling out big new features. So, you know, my question back to you would be psychologically, uh, well, you know, why do you need a version Four, right? Yeah, and I know, I know. I was just thinking as you as you were talking through that, I was thinking why why the why the uh, the romance around the number four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is not, man. I mean, it's a cool right. number. Oh, don't get me wrong, and and there will be at some point, but but I, it, it's curious to me. It's curious to me uh, the discussion and and the uh, you know the uh, the angst around it. Well, the other piece of it is, you know, this is this is a really pertinent question um, or conversation, not only from the standpoint of me being on the fence about, you know, just sort of upgrading to it and playing around with it, sure. um, but also from the, I just had a uh, interview. I just did an interview about an hour ago with Brian O'Neill Hughes, um, the senior product manager, pro- product manager for Photoshop, right. um, over at Adobe. We weren't talking about Lightroom, but we were just talking about some of the features in Photoshop. So I was thinking. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm that photographer that is, you know, all I want to do is shoot. The the digital asset management application on the back end is inconsequential insofar as I only need it to get out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so Photoshop, on the other hand, you know, you're an artisan in there. You're doing your stuff. But, you know, looking at it from that that standpoint, Doug, I'm going to throw this to you. Looking at it from that standpoint of... Okay, we have Aperture out there. We have Lightroom. We have now this Photoshop CS6 out there that is doing some sort of ma- some magical stuff with computational photography in there. W- where would you place your bets? Where are you going to put your money? And wrap all that into you know the upgrades and the raw processing engine and how things sort of link together. What's the right move for photographers today? Well, you know, in all the times I've been on the show, Frederick, I've been able to f- f- fake my way through almost everything. Uh, <laughs> I know nothing about Aperture whatsoever. Uh, hopefully, I never have to admit that again. Uh, but, you know, I think there are a couple of things. First of all, um, Adobe seems to want to basically put the nails in the coffin of Aperture by coming out with the lower upgrade costs for Wait, Lightroom. but you're saying there's a coffin then? <laughs> well, Not only is no, there a coffin, but it already has some nails in it. Well, you, you, guy, you Aperture users are just hanging on by a thread. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, hate mail on its way. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, I, I, and I can't say that with any first-hand experience. I happen to be a Lightroom user, but if you look at the marketplace, I think it seems to be doing better. Again, I have no information based on just, it, that's totally, um, uh, based on, you know, uh, stories that I hear and so forth. But it, it seems to be doing very well. Now, there are a couple of things. One is, uh, Lightroom, the recent version for, uh, the lower price, the lower upgrade price, obviously. They don't do competitive upgrades like they used to do. Remember those days? Those were great where you yeah. had a license from a competitor's product and you could get a discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is there's a tighter integration between Lightroom and Photoshop than we've had in the past. Uh, one specific one that I'm familiar with is, um, the ability to do HDR now without using any plugins. You know, you can go from Lightroom to Photoshop with multiple bracketed images and you can come back with a 32-bit TIFF, which is an HDR TIFF. You never used to do that before, but now but you, you can, can, you can, that's round tripping though. You can do that into Aperture too, right? Derek, can't you, can't you round uh, but, trip? You can, you can, can just you, say aperture. I don't know that you're going to bring back a 16 bit image that's already been tone mapped. In I don't, this, yeah, I don't know. I don't in know. this case, you're going to bring back a 32 bit image and then you can use uh, the Adobe, the, the Lightroom develop module to do your tone mapping. And that's a, that's a big change in 4.1, I think. Yeah. Dan, what about you? I mean, you, you know, you use all the software. Which, which are you, which do you use the most? Lightroom, um, or Photoshop? Um, honestly, I use both equally, I would say, because, um, like this morning, 9am, we started out, we had a model shoot the other day, 9am was a review today. So we're in uh, Lightroom, just kind of quickly cropping, toning, exporting out, um, through imagenomic portraiture, uh, that goes over the projection room. That's what the client sees when they make their choices. Then we're in Photoshop doing all the final edits, picking up spots and, you know, doing some curves and tones and things like that. So, um, they go hand in hand, but I mean, I... I was one of the first in line for Aperture when it came out. Uh, I I thought it was great. But what made you what what made you make the decision to standardize your studio on Lightroom instead of Aperture? Because I was doing training on it, and Aperture was Mac only, and um, you know wanted to make the most of the market. So you know Lightroom was both Mac and PC, and um, that was the initial push. And then as they kept going, I just it just felt good. Now I've kept up with Aperture. Um, but at some point, and we, I know we talked about this on another show, you just, you can't be using all of it. No. You have to kind of yeah. decide. Um, you gotta get, you know, to, you gotta get, get my, to know your horse, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I have kind of thought about, you know, okay, for maybe more personal stuff, let's just use aperture for that and really work with photos that way. Or if, if I get a D 800, you know, use photos just in aperture from there and, you know, kind of mix it up a little bit because it's, it's good to know all the tools because something might work better in one than it does in the other. And they, they're just tools. It's just yeah. software. It's just buttons. Well, Derek, Derek, you were like you were just saying, I think before we recorded, you were you were just down in um, at Lynda.com recording the update to your Aperture mm-hmm. right. um, tutorials there. So so it's fresh in your mind. Right. So. <laughs> help me yeah. help me understand help me help apple right help me help understand me help, help me understand why me a dyed in the wool probably more so than most people on the planet having been the product marketing manager for lightroom and and you know knowing a ton of people at adobe why and now i'm considering playing around with aperture right not that i'm gonna you know i'm gonna cheat you right so <laughs> why should i you know especially considering all the you know the, like i was saying before the blog posts that are out there and you know some people saying that they're making the switch and making a big to do about jumping from lightroom or from aperture to lightroom G- give me the the lynda.com instructor's 
like perspective of why someone should move over to like, to aperture well you know the first thing you know, i always say about uh you know the internet discussions just just be aware of you know of what we call fud mm-hmm. uh, online you know and there there's link a, bait just, right language yeah, there, there's a, there's a ton of that going on so you know if, uh, first first my first piece of advice is just turn that off you know that uh, filter that out um, but in terms of you know one or the other i think really it does come down to a lot uh, mac versus windows Canon versus Nikon, you know, all those, all those reasons why we pick, you know, one tool over another tool. And a lot of times it's, it's a very subtle thing why, why someone, you know, likes a Nikon camera and someone else will like a Canon or someone else will like a Sony. So, and I, I think it really comes down to that sort of stuff because in terms of, of power and ease of use and integration with your OS and all that stuff, I mean, these, these applications are giants, uh, Lightroom, uh, Aperture. And then I use CS6 and, uh, with Bridge, and, and, and I love ACR. Also, I, there's a couple tools in ACR I think are really cool. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's not really – I don't think it's a switch for you, Frederick. I, I don't – I think that you at some point already kind of said, I like the Lightroom way of doing things. And I think that's always where you're going to be most comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. I think, but watching those videos on the Apple side is it's seductive. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't mean them. Doesn't mean you can't test drive a BMW, right? Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, or, you go. Or, or rent one. You know, I, I drive. You know, uh, back and forth on all the, a lot of these big trips, and so I rent cars that I that I want to drive. You know, uh, but not not necessarily buy. So you know, you can play. It's okay. You're yeah. not cheating. You're just having fun. <laughs> All right. All right. And I want to I throw one thing in there, which I learned from Derek Story's podcast, uh, which may be important to some people, and that's the relationship between iPhoto and um, Aperture. Yeah. And uh, Derek can explain it, but I, I guess if you're an iPhoto user and you're you know newer to photography and you don't have Aperture or Lightroom, then uh, I think Derek has a great recommendation for people giving Aperture a try because it uses the same library. Is that correct, Derek? Yeah, it's. I mean, if you're an iPhoto user, it's it's fantastic because now it's just the same library. You can open it in iPhoto and be iPhoto esque, and then you can open that same library in Aperture and do Aperture things. All the the uh, image processing pipeline and all that stuff is the same. So a change that you make in one is reflected in the other. And so you could have a scenario where the kids are playing in iPhoto, and then they all go to bed, and then Dad wants to geek out, and he opens a vacation. Uh, library and aperture and you know does some crazy stuff with the tools saves it and uh, you know it's just all one one place it's that part is it's an amazing piece of software engineering you know i I have a question for all three of you guys here so a lot of this discussion and i'm i'm guilty of this as well but a lot of this sounds a little bit communist (laughs) (laughs) i mean it just sounds like we 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 have two choices you know, and that's it. What are what are our other choices out there? If we don't want to use Lightroom and we don't want to use Aperture, do we have any other choices in oh, the world yeah. as a photographer? Oh, there's some great stuff out there. So what else? What uh, Derek? What else do we have to oh, choose from? Have you looked at Corel? Get us, get us uh, out Capture of communism. One? Come on, <laughs> yeah, Capture One. Capture One is cool. Capture One is cool, and I think the price is, I think it's, the price is down around fifty nine bucks right now. Uh, non destructive editor can do layers. 
but it's the easiest implementation of layers that you will ever see. It makes if you if, if Photoshop layers have never worked for you, you know, just um, or, I mean, I'm talking. I'm sorry, Aftershot Pro. I said Capture One. That was a mistake. Oh. Aftershot Pro by uh, Corel. Aftershot uh, Pro is the name of it. Yeah, Aftershot okay. Pro, of like fifty nine bucks, and uh, they have fantastic. Um, uh, layers implementation if you want to use that they have all sorts of like noise ninjas built into it uh perfectly clear is built into it uh you can just edit right off your memory card so you just put your memory card right in your computer uh do your uh, uh editing you know if you have a quick turnaround and uh, you don't even have to save anything uh to your hard drive you don't have to upload anything and it's for mac windows and linux which uh, oh, you know nice. how many people are doing that these days i mean but how many people are using linux i mean like, I don't know, on the photography side i know there are millions of people using it but photographers that are doing day-to-day production work i wonder and i question how many like people out there are like geeky enough to use linux well, yeah, I, I worked at O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> enough said, Derek. <laughs> That's true. All right, Dan, what about you? I mean, what, like, outside of the, you know, the Iron Curtain of Lightroom and, you know, Photoshop and Aperture, what other choices do photographers have? There's other choices? See? <laughs> See? No. No. Um, Capture One is the one I'm familiar with. I mean, if you, and if you watch any, uh, behind the scenes modeling shoots and you see those guys you know that are tethered to a computer yeah they don't have lightroom or aperture up they got capture one yeah you know yeah. and i i don't know if it's just because it comes with a lot of the uh digital backs now or the high-end digital backs yeah yeah well i but guess i know that digital uh, back and high-end go hand in hand right yeah yeah, yeah. but um the, yeah the aftershot and then uh, capture one of the ones i know of i don't know if there's anything else to be honest other yeah. than you know, the thing is, most people I know, um, they're using iPhoto on the Mac that aren't really too serious. And even if you are a little bit serious, it's honestly more than fine for a lot of things. Um, I know it can handle raw files. And then on the PC, I used to a- use ACDC. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was terrific. Um, and it really only stopped when I had moved over to Mac side. So I, I thought that was a great program for organizing and uh, not so much editing, but just... Yeah, you know, keep keep my photos all in one place rather than just a simple Windows viewer. You know, Dan, I was going to ask you, you know, now that Mountain Lion is out, um, and I'm, I'm assuming you're on a Mac, right? You are, right? Yeah. Um, so now that Mountain Lion is out and we have AirPlay mirroring, you have a studio, and you, like yeah. you mentioned before, you have a projection room and all that. How is, how is the ability to be able to just say, hey, take what's on this screen and put it on that Apple TV or you know, move it all over the place without any wires. Does that affect you at all? Do you care? I do care actually. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I went through this whole huge process of taking a quick step back. When we opened our studio in 2009, we got the most popular studio management software because everybody said it was the greatest. And honestly, it was, well, I not the nice, greatest, but um, <laughs> it was not the greatest. It was very old software. It really needed to be updated. It was kind of like old OS nine code running in uh, on the newest Mac, and it was just terrible. So it went through all the other management softwares, and I said, you know, it'd be nice if there's something that was more cloud based. And this is 2010. Uh, there's a program called Tave, which still isn't really fully to market yet, in, as far as version three. Um, and I was looking at that, and the idea was to go with an iPad and do everything that way during our reviews. So we're we're not just scheduling; we're also uh, controlling our projection. We're controlling our review, 
Um, it's not there yet with other software. So along comes Mountain Lion, which I've been beta testing for a while until this week, um, plus iOS 6 on the iPad and the iPhone. Um, you know, I'm on the developer. And we have two Apple TVs at home. We've got one here. And I got to tell you, the, it, it pushes over just fine. It was dropping out for a while in the beginning, but um, I, I've kind of flipped out a few people. I'm like, oh, here, take a look here. And I'll hit the button and it that stuff pops up there. So it's it magic. Is, yeah, it's magic yeah. to me. I'm yeah. not fully trusting of it yet, to be perfectly honest, um, for interference or just crapping out during a performance or a show or whatever. But um, yeah, but now and Samsung's promoting that. So I, I think that is the next phase. Um, the only problem is you need that $99 Apple TV box. Yeah, but it's only 100 bucks. I mean, I know. I you, know. And you, you could buy a long HDMI cable for 100 bucks. Right? So. Well, well, I can get know. a little bit cheaper than that. But, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm exactly. No, I know what you mean. No, and, yeah. and, ex- and that's exactly it. And I think that is their strategy. We have an older Apple TV that was $350 or $400, one of the ones with the hard drive, which we still use because it can cycle images. Um, the new ones, they don't, they just stream. Um, but I, I do think that it's, it's a, so very it, it is going to, it is going to change the way that you, that you as a studio owner project your images. Yeah. Right? And I'll tell you why, because you're not up in front of the client and it's not quite as daunting. Um, you know, part of it is sitting down and being next to them and that you're not, you're not trying to sell them. So here you are just casually sitting with your iPad right next to them. And oh, take a look at this one. Oh, look here, you know, and this, Obviously, you can just push your photos over, but the projection software we use is called ProSelect. Um, and that's not quite ready yet for something like an iPad or cloud-based that can push over. But I think it's all coming. So then your reviews, so what happens with your review? If you, if you take ProSelect out of the mix, then you just sit down on the couch with your laptop and project yeah. from Lightroom directly and share your screen to your flat screen or your projector? Yeah, and you, and you would lose sales. The yeah. reason is ProSelect, give you an example. Last week, we had a client send us... Um, from their iPhone, a picture of their walls, and we had them put an 8 by 10 piece of paper on, on the wall. We stuck that in a ProSelect. We calibrated it, and now we know exactly what size an 8 by 10 looks like on their wall. Oh, okay. It, Got it. Two different early uh, – t- two different. I'm reading something else. Two different layouts, one for their stairwell, one for their foyer, and they got to see exactly what it's going to look like right on their own wall in the exact size. Um, and that's what that's that's one of the main things that software is great at doing. Uh, so it's designed for people like you. Aside from yeah, on a 110 inch projection screen, you're showing you know these huge images of families and kids and seniors and whatever else. They go, oh, that's nice. I just want a great big eight by ten. You say no problem. Your screen is calibrated, so when you see an eight by ten, it is an actual eight by ten on that projection screen. Oh, so it is. It's it's too it's too scale based on what it's being displayed on. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. so for pushing that over, it's not quite there yet, but, uh, but I could see a future in it. Yeah. But, but for the, for the rest of us who aren't doing that, who are just you know, sh- sharing photos with, uh, friends and family and absolutely you know, stuff Derek, like let, that. It's fantastic. And I'll tell you, I'll t- I did it actually. We have in our, in our basement, we have uh, a projector. We have a little movie theater. I set up about 12 years ago and we go about 120 inches on the wall and, um, when I was teaching down in Florida uh, in June, I um, took my wife and daughter with, and we went to Universal and see Harry Potter. Um, took my new little Nikon S9300, and during the trip, I was actually importing those into the iPad. Uh, we got home, had some family over, and oh, you want to see the pictures? I said, sure. And actually drove them on the monitor on that big wall from the iPad, doing exactly crazy? that. 
That is crazy. It's fantastic. Doug, Doug, are you playing with this stuff at all? Like the 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 sharing. I'm a little behind. I've got the uh, Apple TV, the new one, not the old one, uh, but I have not upgraded uh, OS 10 yet. Okay. So I don't I don't have it on the laptop yet. But do you have do you have a MacBook Air or what? Do you I have an Air, yeah. The the newer one or the older one? New one. Oh yeah, so you can the newer ones are the ones that can mirror to the to the Apple TV. So right. You're you're styling, dude. I'm, you're I'm you're sitting on a gold mine over there. What are you waiting I'm, on? I'm ready to go. Yeah, I just got too many things on the too plate. Too many right photo now, walks. But, but it's gonna <laughs> actually what I'm waiting to do, I just wanted to be hundred percent sure that all of my weird apps are gonna be compatible with the OS ten upgrade before yeah. I make the switch. So I'm gonna give it another week. Yep. No, I hear you. I hear you. And before we move on, Doug, I wanted to give get, see if you had any thoughts on, you know, non Lightroom slash aperture applications that people can use if they want to step outside the iron curtain. The only one I can think of to add to it that I'm familiar with is Nikon's Capture NX2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. which, which, which a number of people use. Um, I've had it. I've played with it. Um, certainly, you'd expect Nikon to know their raw file format at least as well as anybody else. But I, to be honest, the, the benefits of Lightroom and probably Aperture 2 really outweigh that. And um, Capture, uh, Capture NX2 is still more expensive than Lightroom. So, Yeah. Wow. It's just amazing all the stuff that's coming out. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I mean, like just almost like overnight or at least over the last week, the the updates to software and the new apps that have come out are like shifting the way that I operate daily from the, you know, even like the, the mirroring thing came out. And then I think Amazon released their instant video app on the iPad. So you can watch your if you're a prime user, you can download their app and watch all your all their videos on your iPad. Yeah, it came out just today, I think. It's just today, right? Yeah. And then Hulu Plus on the on the Apple yep. TV came out. So now I can cancel my cable. It's just like <laughs> all this crazy stuff that's coming on. I can't keep up. It's amazing. I don't I don't think you can uh, airplay the Amazon stuff quite yet though. I tried that and it doesn't uh, work. The only thing yeah. that that got sent over was the audio. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, go. well, thank you. I can hear it very good, but my TV is blank. That's not right. cool. You <laughs> know, one, one thing I would do is that I've been watching some of the Olympics on my computer. And I just realized if I were to upgrade that I could stream that stuff directly. Well, using that, I could stream it to the television. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean, so before we move on from this, you know, I hate I hate talking about rumor and conjecture, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um the the whole idea of this whole Apple TV like physical television unit and that all this stuff is a precursor to it, you yeah. know, uh, and like even Dan on your on your side in the studio, this could change. Yeah. I mean, it could presumably replace that, you know, twenty thousand dollar projector you have ha- hanging from the ceiling in there. <laughs> Try eight hundred, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, the eight hundred dollar projector you oh, hanging from the ceiling in there. So, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is this is if if this did come out? I'm not asking you to to speculate on if it's coming or not. But if it did come out, um, Doug, I'll throw it to you first. If it if an Apple physical fifty inch flat screen with the Apple logo on it came out with built in Apple TV and all this other magic stuff that works with your iPhone out of the box and that kind of thing, would you get that? Uh, I wouldn't because I have nowhere to put it. But other than that, <laughs> I, you know, the only what's interesting about something like that, given the speculation, is that it runs um, iOS applications, and 
what that means is that it opens the door for developers to write applications that none of us can think of today that would be particularly appropriate for that. So it could be exciting. Not not for me personally. I'm too old school and have too small a place to put it. But yeah, um, I know Derek uh, has a place to put it. I know you would, you would, Derek. If there's a customer, a target customer, you would be it. Would you do it? <laughs> well, I I'd be very interested. I'd like to I like to see uh, what they're going to do. But the I can see you presenting on it at your workshops in your studio. I, yeah, I well, totally you know, when we're talking about airplay mirroring earlier, I'm starting to do these things. They're like, uh, you know, you know, the book clubs. You know, where people gather over at someone's house and they read a book and yeah. then, you know, they talk about stuff. Well, um, I've started doing that now with um, photos. And so people have me over and, uh, and you know, it's a photo club thing instead of a book club thing. And I've just started to play with it, but it's very interesting. And I'm just going to go over with uh, Apple TV and my uh, MacBook Pro and uh, an Aperture. And, you know, so the little demos and stuff I'll do, I'll do right on their, right on their own TV there with it. So the evolution, like you're talking about, is, is opens up all sorts of new ways for us to uh, share our stuff. This so-called, uh, you know, all-in-one Apple TV thingy, Bobby, uh, could be interesting, but it's going to have to be really good because, uh, you know, the HDTV markets, it's, uh, it's a tough place to play ball. And, uh, you know, whatever they do, is going to have to be fantastic. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely look at if it. They, if they do that or, you know, we've heard about this, this mini sized iPad, um, whatever they do, this next hardware device would be, if, if I have it correctly, this would be the first sort of revolutionary brand new category, category device since, you know, with, uh, without Steve Jobs, right? Right. Yeah, right, but so. but we don't we don't know what was in the works before he died. That's true. Well, yeah. it would be the first one they actually brought to market. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so but uh, you know it's 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 going to happen, and I don't think they're going to take a chance on it unless it's it's really dynamite. So yeah, I'm not convinced we're going to see it. You know, a lot of things at, at Apple and Microsoft and HP, a lot of things are, are developed to a certain point and never and never go to market. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of things in the skunk works over there that just get yeah. mothballed, right? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, we should just take a moment of silence. I mean, because <laughs> it's like the state of the stuff that we have access to today is just insane. I mean, like the stuff that we can do, we're streaming TV and watching on-demand videos on our phones and, you know, bouncing music all over the house and, you know, watching accessing our files from wherever we happen to be in the world in this stuff insane this is this is like a cool time to be a geek I just, it, it truly is it is i mean mm. if you think if you just rewind back 10 years or even five years the things that we were complaining about back then are like you know just way back in our periphery so yeah well, wait wait till we get to my pick of the week i got i got a, a great geek thing that'll fit right in with that oh her. nice good because i'm a yeah, geek yeah. and I'll, I'll love to see yeah. that all right uh we're gonna blow through this this next couple of things really quickly here um the first one is facebook so facebook um allegedly has copied google plus google pluses i don't know if that's the correct vernacular google Plus's photo layout so you know that whole grid idea of like putting horizontal and vertical and square images on a page so that they all fit neatly together, um, like we've seen on 500 Pics and we've seen it on Google Plus. Now we're going to see it on Facebook. So my question to you guys and Dan Ablin, I'll throw it to you first. 
Um, is this just the norm? Is this the state of the, the way photography layout online is going? Or do you think this is a fad? This is just like, okay, this is the flavor of the week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Derek's story. What do you... <laughs> No, yeah. I mean seriously. Do you? Do you? I mean, is it is is it both or what? One. Well, it's so hard to say. You know, it, it's. We were talking at home the other day about styles and fads, and when you're in it, you don't realize it's a style or a fad too mm-hmm. much. Kind of like you know, big shoulders in the '80s and big hair That's until right. you look back. Yep. So I think it's it's kind of hard to say if it's if it's really a fad or not. I think it's it's trendy. It's popular to make all these little boxes and squares and and. I don't mind it. Um, hey, but- you know, back back in the day, I had a six million dollar man Lee Majors uh, leisure suit. So, oh. <laughs> oh, well, and I used to run you. in slow motion and make the sound effects. So I'm cool. <laughs> I, I had a John Travolta white jumpsuit. I wore in uh, not jumpsuit, a white three piece suit. Oh wow! Back in the seventies when I was like ten. Wow, you were staying alive during huh? a band concert. But <laughs> um, but as far as this, you know. I, I don't know if it's uh, Facebook trying to keep up. I mean, some people get so bent out of shape about Facebook and what they do and what they change. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's, it's a free social network site. If you don't like it, don't go on. Right. And it's hard to I'm avoid, not though. Supr- I'm not surprised about the, the low stock either because I'm like, it's just Facebook. It's not. <laughs> I don't. I don't know quite how to say that. But I mean, hey, it's fine to get on. You just share a few things, um, and so now that Google Plus has been coming up, which I still find a little confusing to use, <laughs> um, it's. I think they're watching it. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're trying to say, okay, well, you know, it is a lot more photo sharing, a lot easier on Google Plus. Let's see if we can do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Doug, what about you? So, you know, looking looking at Facebook and it's I don't even know what their numbers are today, but it's gigantic. Do you think like is is Facebook copying Google is the first part of my question. The second part of my question is Facebook, the new operating system for the Internet. (laughs) Goodness. On a on a light subject like that, (laughs) Uh, you know, they they're certainly influenced by one another. I I think uh, you know, thank goodness that there's some competition. You know, we've seen an update now uh, to Flickr recently. We've seen an update to uh, uh, how Facebook handles images, and thank goodness that they're that they're being forced to to improve these things. You know, I think the important thing, well, Facebook, I think, is close to a billion users now. I mean, it's really up in that in that level, Um, but. Uh, I think the, uh, I, no, I think they'd like to be the operating system for the universe, for the internet, but I don't think they are. Uh, they certainly made a, a, an attempt to do that with their APIs. I think what's important though is each of these networks has its own personality. You know, Dan's uh, a little confused by Google Plus. I'm a heavy Google Plus user. I should probably use it more. Well, it helps. It helps. I mean, I have yeah. people, I have friends who say, I don't get it. And I say, well, how many images have you posted? And they said, well, none. I just sort of go there and look around. Uh, but I, I think, I think I'm typical in that each of these networks for me, I use them in different ways. I have different groups of friends, family or associates on each of those networks and therefore they have different personalities to me. And just be, because Google plus is new and because of the time that it came out a year ago, that happens to be my photographer network. And I use that heavily more than I do Flickr. Um, my for me facebook is friends and family who are mostly non-photographers and my guess is that 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 
everybody has a sort of division of of how they uh, allocate resources to these different networks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, Derek Story, I'm, you, I'm giving you the pointed questions in this episode, so here's another one for you. Uh, brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Okay, for, I, I, how about ever a lead in? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Who is going to win the social media race? Social media race is it Google Plus? Is it Twitter or is it Facebook? Oh boy! Uh, you fast well, forward. You have a time machine. You're HG Wells. You jump in your time machine and you set it for I don't know. Was it 2012? You set it for 2025. What what is it? What does the landscape online look like if there is an online? Yeah. Yeah, well, and we boy. and we're still here, by the way. Yeah, Facebook that's, that's, is a members only jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's way far out, isn't it? Uh, so much, or can even happen. closer, even like twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Well, I mean, you know, the assumption is that that one of them is going to fall off, you know, and and uh, of that bunch. And uh, I don't, you know, in all honesty, I don't think it's going to be Twitter that falls off because well, Twitter is aligning with Apple recently, right? Yeah. We saw that news come out that Twitter, well, and it's just got something that you know, it's, it's got. Uh, it's, I think it's got the right balance of uh, simplicity and communication, and you know, I just think it's it's going to it's definitely going to hang in there. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know. Between Facebook and Google Plus, I mean, the thing you got to look at is, uh, you know, we're talking about Google is behind Google Plus, so it's not you're not really saying Google Plus, you're saying Google, yeah, right? Right. Because even if Google Plus went away, something else will spring up in its place, and you know, we we've seen Google do that a couple times already on the social networking side, and uh, I don't think Google's going anywhere. Um, it, it would be hard to imagine a world where. Facebook went the route of MySpace, but you know, after watching uh, that happen, yeah, uh, I would say anything, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. In the heyday of MySpace, it was hard to imagine anything yeah. going the way the way of MySpace, right? Yeah. So if I if I had to if I had to put money on anyone, I would say that you know Google ain't going anywhere. Nice, nice. Dan, Can I add you, one thing, Derek? Um, real quick. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. The um. I would, I would, I'm not going to tell you how I know this, but you're going to, I think sooner than later, you'll see video tweets hmm. coming. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, huh? Video tweets. I don't know how I feel about that. Why do, why yeah. do I, why do I want to do a video tweet? You do it from your mobile device. Yeah, you do it from your mobile device. And it's but just- the whole thing, the whole, uh, this is me playing devil's advocate, though. I mean, the whole idea of a tweet, though, for me is like you can do it quickly and get on with your day. And it's not; it's low impact. When it's video, you gotta like, especially if it's a, of you, you gotta make sure. Okay, is You're my hair right? Do, do, no, do no, I have no. do I have something in my teeth? You know all that stuff. For you have to upload you it. About your hair being right. Your well, hair. I don't have any hair, but <laughs> it's just right out of the box. I, I, don't, I wake you, up with good hair, but you, you know. have the same limitations though as far as time. Whatever 140 characters is in video, you know. I know, but still, you have to upload is the bandwidth. You have to; it has to be. It's still heavy, the thing right? Is, but listen to what you're saying. You know, five years ago, hey, listen there's going to be this thing, and you can send out a message for a hundred with 140 characters only. And yeah, well, why would I do that? Why would I just type a note or send an email? Now, would would you like Dan? Would you would you personally do a video tweet faster than you? Yeah, would? absolutely. You yeah. would do it more than you do a text tweet. Um. 
Well, they go together. I would probably keep it a little more business related. Yeah, you know, keep and just to make a little more personal contact with. People. I don't know because I like when you say that business related. The thing that scares me is like right now, even now, I'm getting inundated with people marketing things through Twitter. You know, either passive aggressively or even just overtly. And if it was video tweets coming in, I just have a stream of commercials <laughs> coming in that I have to listen to. Or well, 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 you don't have to watch them. For, I mean, it's, it's sort of like the photo thing right now, which I like in Twitter, by the way. I love the, the yeah, the I do too. Thing. Yeah, you know, because blah 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 blah. You know, 140 characters, and then you see that there's a photo attached, and then you decide if you want to look at the photo or not. You could just read the tweet and move on, or you can click on the link, and then if you're in a web browser, then the bottom opens up and you see the photo and you go, yeah. oh. That's not a puppy, and then you close it back, and you know off you go. And uh, I have a feeling that the the video is going to be very similar. So it's it'll it'll be up to you. Yeah, yeah. Frederick will be like Chick Fil A. You can eat there or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on this health kick now. I'm I'm ordering my my juicer because I watched Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. So oh, I saw that. <laughs> I'm ordering a juicer tonight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. So I'm okay. not going to Chick Fil A. Well, I'm going to tell you real quick. I got a ninja instead of a juicer because the juicer was too hard to clean. Oh, oh yeah, I need something that's easy to clean. So, so just anyway, uh, this is not this week in juicing. So we will. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that would be a show, wouldn't it? All right, let's move on. Uh, real no quick, comments. Too I many jokes. To, <laughs> I know, bad jokes. All right, I just want to touch on the um, the Olympics because we we talked about it. I'm not gonna. We won't obsess over it, but. We did a uh, a piece in a, cu- a couple of shows ago about Joe Clamar. He's a photographer mm-hmm. who did some really, some say bad portraits of U.S. Olympic athletes. Um, that guy now has an exhibit at Powerhouse Arena in New York City. So, you know, one man's not art is another man's art. God bless him. <laughs> You know, you can't fault them, you know, so it's happening. If you want to link to it and check it out, we'll put the links in the, in the, uh, ep- the, uh, the show notes for this episode. Also, um, uh, unfortunately I'm going to be in New York the week after that closes. I'd really like to go and see it. Oh, that would be awesome. If you could go to that. I would love for you to video tweet that. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, uh, this this next story is really interesting. It's about um, a Getty photographer. His name is Dean. I really can't pronounce his name. It's uh, I'm going to try it. Motheropolis. Motha. There's no H. I. Okay, you it's say Uta. it. What's the name? It's Muta. So what is it? Muta. Mutaopolis. Mutaopolis. Mutaropolis. Aropolis. Mutaropolis. Okay, there we go. Why can't you say that? I just can't say it. My brain is looking at the words and just dyslexing all over the place. I can't say it. Dean Dean Mutaropolis. All right. Anyway, uh, he's a Getty Images sports photographer. He's covering the the Olympic Games in London. And he is using, he's covering it with his Lumix DMC G5 as recently announced. So... That's pretty cool. So he's using a micro four thirds camera to cover something as important as the Olympics. Derek, is this a sign of things to come? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. I Are mean, you going to start doing I, everything in micro four thirds? I would, you know, I do as much as I can with my uh, OMD, uh, to tell you the truth. And if I could show up at a gig with it and, you know, not have people question my, uh, my professionalism, I, I would do it more often. You should make, you should like under, under the digital story brand, just build like faux gigantic 
housings that inside you can, <laughs> you can put a micro four thirds camera for, but, for clients. <laughs> yeah, so it's called the client box. So there you go. it there looks you like go. a really expensive camera, but inside is a micro four thirds camera. We'll we'll one image and it's black and white. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then this last story that I want to talk about is, um, and we'll link to all this stuff in the show notes for the listeners that want to check it out. Um, there's a uh, a 26 year old participant of the Olympics. Uh, one of the athletes decided to somehow put a camera into his or her outfit and capture the opening ceremonies from a performer's perspective of the show, which was kind of amazing. When we'll click, we'll link. We would link to that, but. The Olympics committee has pulled it down, obviously, because they're cracking down on all authorized videos, and they they ripped it off of YouTube. But just the idea that you know one of the Olympians was there and like, okay, I'm going rogue and I'm putting a camera. I don't even know if it's maybe it was a GoPro. I don't know, but they put a camera in their outfit and recorded the opening ceremony. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty rogue. All right, gents, before we continue, I want to say hello to our sponsor. The sponsor of this episode is Carbonite. Uh, They are the guys that, of course, do online backup for your computer files. So if you have to ask the question, are your computer files backed up right now, you're probably in trouble, (laughs) you know. But what Carbonite does is they jump in and they back everything up automatically and continually away from your house, so off-site. So if something happens, you have a computer crash, a nasty virus, some fire theft, something happens, all your stuff, your important files, your photos, your documents, your tax returns, everything's, everything is protected and off-site, off-site. And Carbonite is the service that does that. And the cool thing is they do everything automatically. They do everything continually, so it's happening in the background. Everything is away from your computer, off-site, And then after you have a disaster, let's say, okay, what happens if one of those bad things happens, you can easily restore your backed up files. So from any computer, you can access those files or on your smartphone, your iPad, using a free app that they provide. You can get in there and get any of those files at any time. And then for all the security, it only costs $59 a year. Just 59 bucks for that level of security. Plus, you can start your free trial today. Just head over to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code TWIP. That's TWIP, TWIP, and get two bonus months if you decide to buy. That's Carbonite.com, and use the offer code TWIP for two bonus months. All right, guys. Uh, before we jump into this interview with George Veronakis, I want to let you guys know. I know this is the first time that you're hearing about it, the TWIP listeners and you know you guys that are on the show with me. Um, we are in the midst of doing a partnership with the company known as Creative Live. A lot of photographers may have heard of them, Creative Live, and I want to explain what, what the partnership is. It's really interesting. So... Creative Live, if you haven't heard of them, they're a service that was um, put together by Chase Jarvis, a friend of This Week in Photo, and my friend Craig Swanson over at Creative Live. They're the two founders of this service. And essentially what they wanted to do was allow photographers to give workshops online and like these long form workshops, not webinars, not just a video that lasts for an hour. These are long form workshops like like you'd go and sit in a classroom for eight hours a day for three days. That's essentially what you're doing. 
So they allow you to they do that online. So you go and you sign up. You know, you, you sign up as and go watch this thing for free, which is the cool piece of it. So you're you go in, you sit down, you watch and learn all this stuff for free. And the only way that they make money is if you decide that hey. I want to, you know, I don't, I don't have eight hours a day for three days to sit down and watch this. I would like to time shift it and either watch it streaming online or download all these video files to my computer. Then you pay and you can do that. So where that, where that links into TWIP is they have an amazing roster of people that have done workshops and that are going to be doing workshops with them. So I wanted to connect with that and bring those people into the TWIP universe. So we're talking about how to do that. You know, first it'll manifest itself as interviews and that sort of thing. But, you know, it may get deeper than that. But it's uh, it's exciting that, uh, you know, I'll have access to all these really, really talented people. Plus, you know, I'll learn a lot in the process as well. So just FYI, the next one that's coming up is uh, with Joe Busink. He's a like a really noted wedding photographer if you if you are any way familiar with the wedding industry he has a workshop coming up again it's free on august 9th um at 9 a.m which i am actually going to go up to seattle from the bay area and sit in on it live so i'm going to creative live live um so i'll go in there and sit in on it so check that out that's on august 9th at 9 a.m pacific time and then this huge one, which I'm really interested in, is not that I'm not interested in Joe's, but this one is huge as well because I love shooting people and models and that sort of thing. But Sue Bryce is having a workshop on August 29th at 9 a.m. And this is all about model photography and glamour. Not, you know, not so much glamour from the standpoint of you know the old stigma of like glamour shots in the mall, but just how do you reimagine that and make magazine style photographs with these women? So her stuff is amazing. I mean, it just blew me away. You you look at it, it just blows me away. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to watch that one from the comfort of my home office, you know, and, uh, and check that out. So check them all out They're Again, they're free. The Joe Busing thing, the Sue Bryce thing is completely free. All you need to do is go and sign up at creative live and check it out and watch it online. If you decide that you want to look at it later and save it to your hard drive and own it forever, then you pay their fee. And I think it's like, if you buy it during the show itself or during the workshop, it's a hundred bucks, 99 bucks. And during the show, and then after it's over, then it's 149. So Definitely check that out. So, and then a shout out to Creative Live for, you know, helping push the This Week in Photo universe forward. So, yay. Yeah. Hey, and I want to give a shout out to Joe Busink. I, I think he is a very, very special photographer, not only because he's so good with the camera, but this guy has a lot of heart, too. And uh, he he's definitely going to you're going to enjoy it, Frederick. He is time well spent. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not a, I'm not a yeah, wedding shooter, yeah. but, this, you know, some of the things that he's going to talk about. Um, and you can see this on the website. Is he going to? He's going to talk about just how to develop your own style, you know, as a photographer. Yeah. Which I think it's key for a lot of people because you're like, you know, I know how to shoot. I understand the technical aspects of photography, but I don't have a style. So I want to learn about that. Um, he's going to talk about contracts, and he's going to talk about packaging and all that stuff. So I hope. Yeah. To- yeah. 
His and his stuff goes way beyond weddings, just in terms of what you can learn. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. amazing. So it's, I'm I'm excited to be going to that. I am, and I'm excited to have them involved in in our this week in photo universe. So definitely check them out yeah. at creativelive.com. So speaking of creativelive.com, George Veronakis. Um, as we were having those those conversations about what we could do together, I was talking to George, and it became clear that it's like George. You know, I've known you for years. How come you've never come on TWIP? So now he's on TWIP. You know, I've, I did a, did a quick interview with him about his days as the, one of the head muckety mucks at Rangefinder NWPPI. He's the guy that created After Capture magazine. Like he, like in this interview, you'll hear he basically had a dream, and then the next day, thirty days later, they were in at press <laughs> with After Capture magazine. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And now he's gone on to uh, manage, I think he's the senior vice president of marketing at Creative Live. That's his newest adventure. So very interesting interview. We talked about a whole lot of stuff. So check it out now. I'm speaking with Mr. George Veronakis. He, you, if you haven't heard of his name before, you've surely been exposed to some of the things that he's provided to the photography industry. For example, he was the group publisher at a magazine called Rangefinder and After Capture magazine. So if you remember those or if you subscribe to those, uh, George was the group publisher for those uh, publications. And he was also the executive vice president at WPPI, so Wedding and Portrait Photographers International. And of course, if you have anything to do with weddings or anything to do with portraits, uh, photography in general, you probably ha- he's touched your life in some way. But now George has come on the show to sort of talk about his latest endeavor, his latest gig. He's now um, a big muckety muck over at Creative Live, and we're going to talk about that and learn about it. So first of all, George, welcome to the show. Frederick, thanks for having me on. I'm a huge fan of your your podcast. Uh, get out of here! You haven't I've heard it before. Wanted, I've always wanted to be on. This is this is awesome. Oh, cool! Well, I'm I'm glad you're here. This is gonna so it's synergistic. We get to talk about a lot of stuff. So we're going to talk about uh, the stuff that I just just sort of ran down in that intro. But we're also going to talk a little bit about the partnership that we have been working on over the past couple of uh, I don't know week or so, two weeks or so, with regard to Creative Live and the TWIP audience and how we can bring more love into the photography industry. So this is going to be a really good conversation. I'm looking forward to this. So Me too. let's talk about um, your days at Rangefinder. So you were over there running things and doing traditional print publishing with Skip Cohen and, and, and those in that gang, right? How was that? Uh, it was great. It was, it was amazing. Um, I was there for nine years, um, but it was actually my Rangefinder was my first sales job at a college and I was there previously for two years, um, and then left and came back um, when Skip was the uh, was named president of WPPI and Rangefinder. So it was amazing. It was it was just such a great run that we had uh, when I started. Rangefinder was like a seventy five page magazine, and WPPI was nothing to what it is now. I mean, we uh, I believe there was maybe one hundred twenty five, hundred fifty exhibitors. Uh, today, there's over three hundred fifty. Um, there were probably three to four thousand people. Now there's sixteen thousand people. So just that growth spurt that we had in the, in the nine years, it was so much fun. We had a blast, wow. uh, and it, it was great. And we launched After Capture as well um, in 2006, and that was uh, something that I came up with in my head over a weekend. And from the idea, 
which was late in September to production, uh, I believe we pulled pulled off a magazine in 60 days, which I, I mean, has to be some sort of record. Wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. First of all, you came up with After Capture? You just like you just had like a you just had a dream and woke up and scribbled some notes and yeah, boom, 60 much. days later like, there was. You know, I think there's a market out here for. Just everything that happens after the the shutters clicked, and that's basically what After Capture was and is. It's like um, printing, Photoshop, Lightroom, everything that everything that happens after you click that shutter. So that's where um, After Capture was born, and I spent a whole weekend putting together like a business plan and a uh, PowerPoint presentation and pitched it to Skip, who was the president at the time and uh, the owner, and they liked it. We went to Photo Plus to see. The deal was, it's like, all right, if you can get enough advertiser support, um, you know, we'll, we'll end up doing it. So I spent three days at Photo Plus literally pitching to everyone and their mother who would listen to me <laughs> about After Capture, what it's all about, and why it's going to be a great magazine. And, and we launched it. We had uh, it was six issues the first year, and it was um, – I can probably say it now. Uh, we had over a million in revenue and advertising revenue. It was oh, just, it was wow. really fun. We had a blast. That's crazy. And then ended up winning um, a bunch of magazines, a bunch of awards. Uh, we go to the Maggies every year, which is uh, the Oscars, basically, Academy Awards for uh, magazines. And it won uh, launch of the year in 2007. So that was like one of the, one of the best days actually of my life was just like, holy cow, this is, this is really happening. This is amazing. It's like senior, uh, it was really like fun. senior. I think I jumped probably about, 10 feet that night when, when we were announced yeah. and uh, I absolutely mauled the, the poor presenter, gave her this older woman just a huge hug. I was so excited and uh, it, it was really a cool experience. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like it's like seeing your kid get its doctorate, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Like I made that and now look at it. It's winning award. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It was That's, great. That's really cool. So just quickly before we leave Rangefinder, um, what have you seen the, the impact of tablet computing and, you know, photographers, your, your camera bag isn't complete these days. If you don't have an iPad or some sort of Android device in there to show your work on and that sort of thing and people the steam behind this is just from my layman standpoint obviously but the steam behind magazines on these devices it seems like it got off to a false start and now things are picking up do you think that stuff is going to take off and that ultimately magazines like rangefinder and after capture will end up using the devices as being their sole means of publication that's a great question and one that i still haven't figured out i wasn't totally sold on the whole digital magazine thing because I just the earlier versions were so cumbersome and kind of hard to get through mm-hmm. and um rangefinder after capture are they they're online you can read it uh, in a digital format on on your ipad or your phone or anything else now but it, it should be interesting to see what happens i to be honest i just don't know yeah uh, it's a changing so fast the technology is getting better and with the technology getting better, I think it's going to be easier for people to read stuff online yep. um, through a magazine format where you click on the um, corner and it, you know the page turns and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But the one cool thing that they have that they've really started to use um, is the use of video. So now you can actually like interview photographers and, and do things like that, and you can embed it in the uh, in the actual digital magazine, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So I think there's there's a future there. The, the technology just has to get a little bit better. Yeah. Uh oh. Would you agree? I would agree. I think you just had a. I think you had a B fifty two just fly Uh-oh. by you. <laughs> Illusion. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. 
Good. All right, cool. I mean, I don't know. Where do you see it going? Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm like, I would describe myself as when it comes to this kind of technology and because of what I do on TWIP, I try to purposely make myself a Luddite. You know, I don't want to, when I was, when I was not sort of engaged with TWIP and doing this sort of in the middle of photography things, I would be the guy in line. Like when, when the, when the iPhone first came out, I was in line at the Santa Monica Apple store to get mine first. Now I'm not that guy. I wait a couple of weeks, you know, and see what happens and all that. And to that effect, I waited until just two weeks ago to get my new, the new iPad. Right. So up until then, I'd been using iPad 1 on purpose just to see what that experience would be like and just to see what the evolution as this software and magazines and all that stuff evolve, what happens to the millions of people on older devices, which is what I was using. So, you know, I think what my my overall feel for that space is that it's going in that direction. But, and I and I love the multimedia aspect, but I see it as an ad as a as a add on to regular publishing in a lot of ways. Because like for me, I love getting my rangefinder in the mail and just sitting there and flipping through it real quick, you know, to see hey, there's something that I might want to look at later, you know, and throw it on the kitchen counter and get back to it later with a cup of coffee or something. Consuming that content on my iPad is different than doing that, right? So I, I can't really explain it. It's just like t- like atoms versus electrons or something. But there's something tangible about turning the page and having something revealed in the real world to you. And you can actually touch the page and sort of feel it. But then on the iPad side, having that, like you mentioned, video and multimedia and all that stuff, having the multimedia available to me. I love that too. So I think there's. I don't think it's one's going to replace the other anytime soon. I think they can both coexist together and complement each other. Uh, I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. So anyway, that's my rant. So okay, on to WPPI. So we're at, we're at WPPI now. And how did so so Skip Cohen was named president, and then you were your executive vice president over there. What did that? What does that mean? What were you? What was your range of duties? Uh, basically, it was I was the VP of sales and marketing, and then Skip left in two thousand eight, and I was basically promoted to the executive VP, um, overseeing the trade show, uh, speakers, all sponsorships of the trade show, and then I oversaw um, both the magazines. Um, Range Runner and After Capture. Uh-oh. So you were the gatekeeper, right? You're gatekeeper, the, right. The photographers that would get a platform at WPPI would come knocking on your door every five minutes, right? It, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I have been pitched I'm everywhere. Everywhere. You can think of. You Men's had a room, whole legion I mean, of best friends. Some awkward moments. <laughs> Oh man, I yeah, I I had a similar experience at Adobe. Yeah, it's uh yeah, you you had an instant legion of best friends that wanted to chat with you, right? I know. Yeah, I never knew I was so, so cool until uh, <laughs> I, was, I started running um, WPPI and people were pitching me all, all the time. Yeah, I know it. I know it. And okay, and now so you ran all that stuff and W you left the WPPI in a high note. So WPPI is still going on strong um, and hopefully we'll will continue to do so in the future I, now, yeah, I hope so too yeah yeah and then, so now looking forward you're at creative live so you know, creative live is a endeavor that was well, why don't you take me through it what what is creative live and where did it start uh creative live was founded by chase jarvis and craig swanson and it's basically what how i saw it and i noticed them two years ago um when they started coming on the scene because they were basically drafting off WPPI and picking uh, like all of our best speakers, Jasmine Starr, Sue Bryce. So I 
took notice. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, wait, you can watch it live for free. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And so really the, their whole thing is education that you can watch live for free. And if you like the workshop and the photographers, photographers would come on for two days or three days and teach wedding photography, portrait photography. We just had Vicki Toffer come on and do three days of pet photography. You can sit there and watch it from your computer for free. And if you really like it, you can buy the download. And it's very cheap. I mean, it's $150.99 if you're um, watching it uh, that day and you, you want you want to buy it. So I just saw Creative Live as, one, what an amazing opportunity. And two, it really is the next frontier in education. Um, yeah. Not only photography, but for anything. And um, so I, it just was very, very intriguing. And then when I met Chase and Craig and, and and just got a feel of what they were doing, I was like, wow, these guys are incredibly creative. And the whole staff is really passionate and fun to work with. And I was like, this is this is a perfect fit. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm a, As a, the listeners know, I'm a huge fan of just distance learning and – you know, not not having to jump on a plane to go somewhere and and learn about stuff. You know, it's one thing to like go to a conference or something and network and you know have that tactile feel. But if you want to learn, say, uh, uh, I don't know, glamour photography, right? But when you you guys had Sue Bryce on there, right? So if you want you want to learn glamour photography, the the thing that I like about the Creative Live experience is. It's a live workshop. It's not like you're watching a webinar that's an hour long or a, a segmented training video that's, okay, you get watch five minutes of how to pose and then another five minutes of how to, you know, set your shutter speed, all that stuff. This is long form. You're, it's, it's like a virtual chair in the studio in there, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, when I was sitting in my WPPI chair, I was like, wow, this is really, like, really incredible because... You only get two hours with Sue at one of the conferences, but now you get three days with yeah. like intense learning about how to become a glamour photographer or become a better glamour, you know, take glamour shots. So I thought, wow, this is really amazing. And you can sit there and watch it from your computer and you don't have to drive, fly, or do anything. You can just sit there and, and do it. And it's very interactive. Um, you can go in the chat room and ask questions. You can ask uh, questions via Twitter or Facebook. Like, and it's real time. You can just get answers right there because there's a Q and A after every segment. So I thought, wow, this is amazing what what these guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, and it it, it seems like the like you were saying in the beginning, it is not necessarily the back end and the flow of the way things work don't necessarily need to be relegated to photography. It could be. Anything that where you where you're going to train a group of people f- over a span of time, you can use the same kind of metaphor, right? Sure. I mean, it's just education live and free. It's yeah. fantastic. So let's. I talk wish about- there was something like this uh, when I was coming up. Me too. You know, uh, Tamara Lackey did a three day course on sales, and I learned so much. And I've been in the industry forever, and I've been you know selling advertising forever, and I picked up little things from from her workshop. It was, it was fantastic. And I just wish there was something like that, uh, for us. So we just had to read like, you know, swimming with the sharks and like <laughs> sales books like that um, when I was coming out of, out of college. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just an incredible way to learn. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So let, let's talk about learning. Let's talk about education in general. So photography, you, and I'm, I, I think you're uniquely positioned to answer this kind of question, given your experience in the industry and having been exposed to so many different photographers and their different styles, both on the sales and marketing side and on their just seeing them as a photographer and how they work. So What's the best way? And I, you know, I, I ask this a lot. Twip listeners that have listened to me interview people before, I ask this to a lot of people that are in the education sort of space. What is, and there's no right answer to this, by the way, what, in your opinion, is the best way for people to learn? Because there's so many, there's so many avenues that if I'm a new photographer, I can go to Barnes and Noble and pick up a book. I can get on uh, lynda.com. I can go to Kelby. I can come to Creative Live. I can you know, just find stuff on the web randomly. How do I synthesize that? Trade shows. I mean, there's so many options out there for photographers that weren't there before. I mean, even five years ago, there wasn't a lot of things. It was basically just book, take a a workshop, um, or go to the trade shows. And now there's just so many other avenues and vehicles for people to, to learn. And, you know, what I would say is do it all if you can. I mean, education is key and you're only going to get better at your craft is if you keep learning and you don't shut any doors um, and you try to open everyone that you can. So I would tell photographers that are just starting out or just want to be, want to learn more about their craft. Yeah. Go buy the books, go to creative live, go to the trade shows, keep learning, you know, subscribe to all the magazines. Now you might not get, you know, be able to read through all the magazines or do all the things you want to do, but always, I would always take, um, a couple hours each week if you can, or more if you can, um, to keep learning and never really shutting that door to always keep your eyes open. Like I said, like I learned something from Tamara, Tamara Lackey's class, um, two weeks ago. And it's stuff that I'm already impl- implementing. Um, it was it was very very enlightening, and you know, and I still read books, and I still like to read every magazine I can you know find. There's a stack of magazines that I'm looking at right now on my uh, on my desk that I, I just uh, love to read and, and just get different ideas. I always get different ideas from from magazines yep. uh, and TV shows. So that's the one thing that I would say: never stop learning and tr- use all of them. There's not one that's perfect. You know, I think they're all perfect in in different ways, but they can all help you. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think just to add on to that, um, a lot of photographers tend to suffer from overwhelm, right? Because because there is so much out there, you just like they you become scattered because you pull in so many different directions and you're diluted, so you can't make you can't focus that magnifying glass on the ant to burn it. Right? <laughs> so, right. exactly. so my my um, sig- yeah, but I would streamline it. Maybe one yeah. week is. You know, you've dedicated to Creative Live, and the next week there's a roadshow coming through your city, and you like the speakers, and you think that might be good. Or there's a, um, a certain workshop that you've had your eye on, and maybe that's one week. So um, maybe that's the best way to kind of streamline it instead of, like, trying to, you know, digest it all in, you know, a week. Exactly. Eat the elephant one bite at a time. And then also... also I like, That's good. Yeah. Also, I didn't make that up. <laughs> oh. Also, just have... I, I would also say... Uh, pick something that you're interested in, like pick a genre that you're interested in. Like we were talking about Sue Bryce and, and glamour type photography. You know, if, if that's what gets you excited or if it's landscape or whatever, look at that vertical and 
focus on that, you know, because that's what you want to be. And then you can, then things become a little bit easier. You know what to sort of ignore. Creative Live comes up with something cool in that, in your particular genre, you know that that's what you need to be doing. You need to sign up for that and watch it. So, yeah. So focus is key, right? No pun intended. Right. No pun intended. That's good. <laughs> or pun intended. So in your opinion, so you know, I, I see uh, there, there's a lot of photographers and it tends to be the newer photographers that have the, the, from my per- perspective, um, the, the whole gear discussion, like, Hey, do you shoot Canon or Nikon? Oh, you're not a good photographer because you shoot Sony or Olympus or, you know, that kind of thing. And then as, as it seems like as photographers get more experienced or older, or whatever, that, that gear falls away and no one cares what gear you use. It's all about the image and what you're trying to do with the image. Do you, have you seen that? Oh, definitely. I mean, especially when I was at WPPI, everyone was just so gear focused because, uh, for the most part, it's, um, a lot of newer photographers in the industry and they're, they're so focused on the gear and really they end up either switching later or they just don't care. Like you said, it's like, the gear doesn't matter. It's it's who's behind the shutter taking the picture and their vision has nothing. I mean, the gear is great. Uh, it's all great, but it really depends. It's the eye uh, of the person that's that's shooting the the camera. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you, like from my from my standpoint, when when folks come to me, like if I'm at a photo walk, I'm leading a photo walk or a meetup or something, and I happen to have my camera on. It, you know, it's not like in my head, it's not like it's conscious, but if someone comes up to me and just makes a little remark like, oh, so you're a Nikon shooter, huh? You know, or let right. me know when you get a real camera. I don't, you know, I'm not negative about it, but in my head, something flips like, okay, you're new. <laughs> you right, know? exactly. You know, it's not malicious or anything. It's just automatically, I think, if you're talking about the gear that I'm using, then you're, I, I categorize them, you know, by just subconsciously. It's weird. No doubt. No doubt. That's really funny. Oh, you're new. Yes. <laughs> you care you care that much about gear. I get it. You know? Oh, you're the new guy. It, it doesn't it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what the other thing I want to talk about is just the whole idea of learning. You brought it up. Like you're always learning, I'm always learning. You have to be a learnaholic in order to survive and stay relevant these days, right? Cuz things change so quickly and if you're that guy that's like, "Hey, I'm master of this thing. I don't need to learn anymore." You know, then you're you you just antiquated yourself, especially in this creative space, right? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I have always tried to um, keep my mind open and read as much as I could. Um, I would pick out all kinds of like because I would travel a lot, so I would you know my favorite magazines are GQ, Esquire, Wired, Fast Company, and I would look through those magazines and like go, "Ooh, I like what they did here. Maybe we could do this for Rangefinder yeah, um, or nice. After Capture." Um, look at it. Oh, maybe we could do this for the WPPI show guide and then, or read an article and be like, Oh, what if we did this, um, at WPPI and maybe, you know, slanted it like this. Like, yeah, I always picked up new ideas, um, from old ones that were in magazines or, um, or television shows that I was watching. Even yeah. uh, we did the champagne shootout that we did at WPPI a, a while ago was born out of watching, um, the iron chef on uh, the food network uh just ideas like that i just always wanted to like keep being creative and keep thinking of new ideas um even though that i was basing it off things that i saw i love it i love it it's exciting stuff you know just the, all of this just has the, the the feel of being the tip of an iceberg right that we're just 
we're we're at the beginning of all this and you fast forward 20 years it's just going to be an entirely new different industry with all kinds of crazy stuff so speaking specifically about distance learning and and that kind of thing do you feel that do you feel like it's like we're at, right at the beginning of things oh no doubt i mean it's such an exciting time and that was one of the one the one thing that i loved about you know coming on to creative live like it's just the tip of the iceberg there's just so many ways you can go and so many ideas and i'll tell you the the staff there is incredibly i said before they're they're incredibly creative but it was my third day and we sat there in a brainstorming session and came up with an idea that i think will be a game changer in the photo industry that will be launched later this fall i mean and it was my third day and i was like this is awesome you know like <laughs> there's just always new ideas coming out and some different things that were there's never a bad idea and that's what i love about yeah. it you know and, and it's just a great group of people over there I love it. I love it. You know, so speaking specifically about the the partnership that we're forging between Creative Live and This Week in Photo, uh, first of all, thank you. I'm looking forward to working with you guys. It's going to be... I'm really excited to be working with you. This is awesome. Yeah, this is going to be great. And I think one of the fruits of that partnership that we'll see going forward is... um, interviews so you guys have some amazing talent coming in over there and one of the things that i want to do is just be able to (laughs) be able to tap into that talent and get those folks in front of the this week in photo audience uh quickly you know using the interview format that i do all the time so some of the people that you guys have coming up are uh sue bryce she's always already been on she's going to be on again um joe busink is coming on lee varis sandy putch is coming up so those kind of people putting those people and sort of Picking, picking their brains as I know how to do, like I just did with you, um, on This Week in Photo, I think that's going to be magical. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, we are so looking forward to having you on there. I mean, I think it's just another way to um, get to know the speakers before they come on Creative Live. Uh, because a lot of times you see the, the instructor and their teaching, but you don't know that much about them. So it's just a great way for them to kind of get to know your, your audience and for our audience to, to get to know you as well. So I think it's just, it's a great match. Yep. Yep. It's good. It, it should have happened a long time ago. So, but we're making it happen now. So it's perfect. It happen now. <laughs> I, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So just once again, for the, the, the listeners checking this interview out, creative live, the, the, the cool thing about creative live. And one of the things that I, I'm excited about is the fact that it's free, right? I mean, right. You can watch all of these inter all these not interviews, but these long form workshops. You can watch them for free, and the the you know you're like, okay, nothing in life is free. Where's the catch? There really is no catch. The only thing is, if you want to watch it for free, you got to watch it. You're going to watch it live, right? You're going to sit there live and watch it and interact, just like you were actually at a workshop. So imagine a workshop happening each and every week that you can just go sit in. Absolutely free. Now, if you have time constraints and you're limited and you need to time shift this thing and watch it later or you want to watch it on a plane or or whatever, then you can pay the fee and then either watch the, log in and watch them online streaming or download the files and watch them later, which is which is I think that's a beautiful model. I think it's a beautiful model. I think, you know, Creative Live is sort of blazing the way you'll probably see a lot of me too's coming up soon <laughs> you know, right. uh, I think creative lives blazing the way in terms of how people can just sort of you know if you want to be there you can be there if not pay pay a little change and you can have it available to you whenever you want you watch it on your apple tv or something right 
It is so cool. Yeah. It really is. So, George, um, so you obviously always ask people at the end of each of these interviews where they want people to go to find out more. So you want people to go to creativelive.com, I assume, right? That's true. Go to creativelive.com. Um, you can go to the schedule, see the upcoming instructors, see anybody you like. Um, this weekend, we have Sandy Putsch coming on on Friday uh, for a three-day course. She's going to be great. She's always amazing. Um, and then next weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we have uh, the incredibly talented Joe Busink, who is uh, a guarantee uh, it'll get a little dusty when, when Joe speaks. He's, he's very inspirational, and uh, I think people really like him, especially if you're a wedding photographer. That's very cool. That's very cool. So this, this Thursday or this uh, Friday, the Cindy Putsch um, presentation, that's Friday, July 3rd, um, 2012, for you're people right. that maybe listen uh, to this in August the future. 3rd. I'm sorry, August um, 3rd, yes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep, August 3rd, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, and by the way, I am planning on hopefully flying up there to watch the Joe Busink thing oh, live. Fantastic. So so hopefully I will be there in, uh, in Seattle drinking coffee and checking things out. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Cool. Very nice. I'm right. excited to see you. All right, George, thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate this. This has been, as always, inspirational and educational. All right. Take care, Frederick. appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. Take care. All right. You can learn more about George at www.creativelive.com. All right, folks, it is time for our listener Q&A. This is the segment where our guests answer questions that have come in via our Facebook group, Twitter, Google+, etc., etc. So if you have a question, you can submit them to one of those avenues, or you can just go to our website and click on the Twip Tips button and enter your question or suggestion there. This first question is about Lightroom 4 and Canon 5D Mark III compatibility. Listener Tofa says... I have a Lightroom. I have Lightroom three and Photoshop CS five. I just got a five D Mark three and Lightroom can't import the raw files. I did a re- little research and found that the raw processing engine has only been updated in Lightroom four. Am I stuck at a point where I have to upgrade to Lightroom four? If so, do I then have to upgrade to upgrade to Photoshop CS six since my CS five has the old raw processor? I'm confused. Uh, Derek, Doug, do you or, or Dan? Any of you guys? What is <laughs> what, what is this user supposed to do? So they just like say, "Okay, screw it. Here's a bunch of money, Adobe. I'm upgrading to the latest and greatest of everything." Or do they have some other recourse? Well, I did dig into it a bit, so um, I think I can answer it. Uh, no, he doesn't have to upgrade. Uh, it, he's he's using. He says also he's been using the beta DNG converter from Adobe, mm-hmm. and that means that it's taking his Mark III files, raw files, and making them into DNG. So he's got the conversion part solved. Um, he's not getting the advantage of the new raw file processor that Adobe released for Lightroom 4 and Photoshop CS6. Uh, but if he's happy with the processor he's got, he can keep using it. There's no reason not to, um, except that the new raw processor is, is quite impressive and does quite a better job in many ways. Um, he also mentioned that he's getting noise, uh, grain and noise from what he sees as compared to when he converts with um, Canon's own software. Yeah. Or digital photo pro and my guess is there that um you know adobe camera raw and lightroom put in a default amount of noise reduction and it's possible i don't know this for sure but it's possible that they're not doing it in this case that it, in the process of using the raw converter 
um, and then going into Lightroom that he's not getting any noise reduction at all. And of course, a raw file you know needs to have some in, in almost every case. Right. Um, in terms of workflow, you know, Lightroom four, Lightroom three is compatible with CS five. Uh, Lightroom four is is much more compatible with CS six. So if he doesn't want to upgrade, there's no reason he can't continue to stay in the older version of both. Nice, nice. Now, should he like? It, what is it? What's the upgrade? One hundred forty nine dollars, two hundred dollars to upgrade to CS seventy nine. Seventy nine to upgrade? No, to CS six. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant no. Lightroom. CS six is, is a, I think it's one hundred forty nine or two hundred bucks. It's under two hundred yeah. bucks to upgrade. Should should Tofa just upgrade, Doug? Or uh, you know, again. Uh, if he if he doesn't want the advantages of these new products, he doesn't. I I have the new ones. I'm glad I made the upgrade. Um, I'm using a lot of the new features in Photoshop, and I certainly like the uh, raw converter. Uh, Dan and Derek, I'm sure have opinions on that too, though. I'd like to hear. Yeah. What What do you guys think, Dan? Derek. Uh, I would upgrade. <laughs> Done. Stop. Stop with the band aids already. I would, upgrade. Right? I would. I mean, you know, the what what Adobe's done with Lightroom Four and CS Six is really good, and I mean, you have a five D Mark Three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. So you have a Ferrari, dude. Why Why are you, you putting Ferrari, cheap tires put on it? Premium gas in it, and 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 go drive yeah. it. Yeah. All right, Dan. What about you? Do you have the? Yeah, I I agree with Derek wholeheartedly. I mean. There, you're in the game. <laughs> it's like you know, to spend another hundred dollars and, and upgrade. Um, and Lightroom Four, you know, not just just to keep current. That's one issue, but Lightroom Four and Light and CS Six are tremendous upgrades. Um, Lightroom Four, especially with a lot of the new recovery tools and highlight control, um, I'm finding a lot more. I'm almost to the point where I don't even need to go into Photoshop for some images, but then getting into Photoshop. I've yet to crash Photoshop 6. 5, all the time I could crash it. Um, it's so much faster, and the blur tools and all the things it can do. Um, yeah, it's, it's just worth it. The other thing is I know a lot of people, when computers come out or software comes out, well, I'm going to wait till the next version, and then this will be cheaper. And I was telling them, like, but then you're always waiting because when that comes out, then the next one's going right, to come out. Right, You know, so unfortunately, if you're in this business, just keep up with it, and it's... Yeah, you know, stay current. It's, it's what you I know, try. To it's do. cost of doing business, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Well, you know, you know, just on that point, and by the way, I think I think Doug did a great job of explaining, you know, the alternative route, which is you know I, of interest to a lot of people. But I have this theory that I call, or this practice, this called freeze it in time, and where I, you know, I on old computers, I don't the latest software in old computers. I, I leave the software that was designed for that computer and same thing with cameras and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you, I think the real decision you have to make is that are you going to just kind of stay in a spot for a while and, and use all the stuff that's compatible with each other? If you make a major upgrade to one of those components, in this case a 5D Mark III, then I think what comes with that is that is upgrading the rest of the chain. And uh, I, th- I think that's just a good way to think about it. So when you buy that 5D Mark III, you, I think you need to be thinking about your computer, your software, and your storage. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good way to think of it. It's, it's a chain, right? So you can't, it is you a can't chain. just you yeah. know, have one, one, upgrade one link in a chain. You've got to buy the whole chain, right? 
I think you do. I, I, I mean, really, to I mean, you have quite an investment in that 5D Mark III. So I, I, I would want to maximize that investment. Great advice. All right. Uh, question number two, and our last question is from Mark Lipton. He says, I love photography, and I want to learn as much as I can about it. I was hoping that some tips, tutorials, and other content might be available in audio or video format so that I can learn. And he goes on to say, uh, at the beginning of this, he said he's a special needs person and he has a, a specific situation that he's sort of tied to being able to learn this way so he can't go to workshops and that sort of thing so i wanted to throw it to this quorum from mark lipton where can he go to learn photography dan i'll throw it to you first well i think creative live <laughs> <laughs> well i would say that too but there's a bunch of other places yeah. right it's it's i mean he's as long as you have the internet i mean it's such an advantage um now you know with Creative Live, uh, Linda, which my stuff is 3D, but then Derek's, of course, you got the, all the photography, um, you know, Kelby stuff. It's it's a wonderful place. And then order books from Amazon um, and even, you know, download them. Even if you don't, you can't ship them. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a great world today to, to Isn't get that crazy? Uh, material. Isn't I mean, there's just so much, there's so many opportunities for everyone to learn photography, whether you just want to surf around for free online and just fill your brain with stuff and ideas, or even if you just go to places like 500pics.com, for example, for inspiration and like, oh, I wonder how they did that. I'm going to yeah. try that, you know? <laughs> and listen, and, and if there's no money, there's, there's great tutorials on YouTube. They're short. They might not be too in-depth, but it's, it's definitely a way to learn. Yeah. There's tons of stuff on there. Derek, where, where would you direct Mark Lipton to go to uh, get some photography education online? Well, in addition to all that, uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts also, just audio podcasts. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a lot out there. There are a lot of photographers and people who know a lot about photography doing good shows. And, you know, you can use the new podcast app uh, or, you know, just, uh, you know, search online. But the thing about it, and someone was telling me this at uh, the last workshop I did, that one of the things they like about photography podcasts, and they were talking about mine, but I think it's true in general, is that it helps them keep up also on just the vernacular of photography, you know, uh, you know, the terminology and how photographers talk and, you know, the things that are, you know, important to them at the moment and all that sort of stuff. And that somehow makes the other information uh, that you may read or watch on a video somewhere else makes it easier to absorb because, you know, you sort of, the language becomes natural and, you know, and the thinking process. And I thought that was a really good point. So I would recommend in addition to what you guys have already talked about, uh, just downloading some new podcasts and, and see what photographers are yeah, up to. Yeah, it costs you nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Doug? Or do you, do you have any ideas for different photography education resources? Well, the the one that I would add to that is go to Google Plus and for free watch some of the Hangouts. Uh, they're very informal. They're streamed to YouTube many times. Thomas Hawk does a weekly show as a Hangout. Trey Ratcliffe does a show as a weekly Hangout. And uh, although these are not as tight as something from Creative Live, and certainly not as tight as Linda or Kelby. Um, you can learn a lot just by watching them, and they're free. So uh, I recommend them highly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, like the just the list that I have here in the notes here is uh, KelbyTraining.com, definitely. But that you're going to pay a fee to watch those. Um, however, if you don't want to pay anything, Adobe TV 
Definitely. A lot of people overlook Adobe TV. So Adobe TV has a ton of resources up there on different tips and techniques for using Adobe software, which most of us use, frankly, right? So definitely check that out. Adobe TV is good. It's, it's amazing. There's a lot of good. Julianne, uh, Brian, all those guys on there, they do a great job. Yeah, they do. And it, and it costs you nothing to just go in there, sit with your laptop, and absorb and, and grow your brain. Um, and, of course, creativelive.com, free. Just go to their site, find out what works with your schedule, click on it, and then dive in and listen. I'm in the middle of going through a Sue Bryce, to, to, like her workshop that she did before. Right now, my head is already exploding. So it's, it's good stuff. And then lynda.com, of course. And it's a subscription, but this just this massive a library of everything you could possibly need to know about any piece of software that has has been made, you can go there and learn about it. So no, like in the old days, you guys remember in the old days where you when you learned about stuff, you had to go to the library and sort of figure it out and trial and error and all this. Now you could just go pay the small fee at Linda and learn this stuff from folks like Dan and you know Derek and Doug. Doug, you don't have you do you have a course on Linda yet? Not yet. I'm working. Yeah. See, I mean, but from these brains that know this stuff intrinsically, you go in there and you sit down with your laptop, your iPad, whatever, and absorb it. And it's just we didn't have that before. <laughs> so. And 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 I want to add to that. There are every title on Linda has probably at least uh, ten free videos. Uh, you know, so they they take ten of them or eight of them and say, you know, these anyone can watch. You don't have to have a subscription, and they're not the throwaway stuff. I mean, uh, as authors, we fight for you know. And no, no, I want that one to be free. You know, it's really <laughs> good, and uh, you know, so we haggle over this stuff. So you could you could never pay anything on Linda and just watch photography video or whatever you want for a long time for I free. I love that. I love that. You yeah. know, and then just for for inspiration wise, it, all this stuff works together, right? So, typically for me, just advice to the listeners, like for me, I'll I'll get inspired by looking at other people's work, right? So I'll go to 500 picks and see a particular way that somebody shot something, or to pixodo.com and see, oh wow, look at that particular shot, and then I'll need to figure out how to do it or reverse engineer it and put my own spin on it. That reverse engineering and learning how to do that comes from sites like Linda and all these other ones that we just mentioned. So you have everything you need. If you have any sort of computer that can access the Internet, you have everything you need to be inspired and learn how to execute on that inspiration. So. And and one more to add is uh, photo.net. Oh. I remember I used to just go there all the time and just look at amazing photos. Very cool. Photo.net. Yeah, we'll definitely have to list that one. All right, gentlemen, it is time for the pick of the week segment. Remember, your pick can be anything as long as it is somehow related to photography. Dan Ablin, I'm going to throw it to you first. What is your pick of the week? All right. Mine is very simple. It is a camera strap from Black Rapid. Um, Now, they have a left-handed one, which I'm excited about, not because I'm left-handed, but just thought I'd say that for all my left-handed friends. Um, But it's it's a really nice kind of sling almost that goes to the bottom of your camera. Um, And the only way to explain it is really just go over there and check it out. So I actually ordered one of those coming in this week and have seen it for a lot of years. And it's just every once in a while, you got to get yourself a little camera doohickey to (laughs) just... Feel good and play with. So that's what you gotta I get just, your uh, camera uh, strap slash bag fix, right? 
Gotta, you gotta get your camera Jones, you know. I know, Derek. Derek, you don't have a problem with getting your bag fixed since you uh, you have a never ending supply of Lopro coming in, right? Yeah, yeah, I just got in. We just got a new one. Uh, was announced today, so yeah. Wait, okay, what do I have to buy? What is it? Yeah, uh, it, it, I actually I, this is not my pick of the week though. Do I get it a free? Yes, here? go for it. Okay, I'll do it real quick. It's uh, called the uh, the photo hatchback, and uh, what it is, it's an it's an outdoor bag backpack. They, you know, has a separate camera compartment and everything. But what they did was the camera compartment comes out. So, uh, you can use it as a regular, uh, technical backpack too and, uh, converts back and forth. It's really so slick. many toys. Really I love it. By the way, yeah. uh, what was the one that, 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 that you told me about that I, that I, that I now have with the, the roller bag, the traveler? Yeah, the pro, uh, roller attache. Yes. X- that thing yeah. went to London with me and saved my life, by the way. Uh, that is an amazing Oh, cool. I'm so happy that's to an amazing that. bag. I, I'm taking it's it. I'm looking bag. at it right now. I'm taking it everywhere I go. So I'm, I'm forming my trips around my camera bags now. So if, I'm like, <laughs> if I can't take that, if it doesn't fit in that, I'm not going. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we we sometimes carry too much yes, gear. Yes, I love it. Uh, that's a great one. Um, all right. So, Derek, what's your real pick of the week? So, uh, speaking of uh, being uh, nimble, which is you know sort of my thing. So, I'm working with a new camera. I'm actually going to Maui next week, oh. and uh, and uh, yeah, I have timeshare there. I really love it. And um, so, this is a, the Olympus Tough. TG1, TG1, and they finally got the the rugged camera right. This thing is so cool. It's, it's very light. Uh, it goes down to forty feet uh, underwater. It's shockproof, crushproof, all that, all that sort of stuff. The ceiling on it is fantastic. Everything's got like double locks and really good seals. But the thing, you know, the tough cameras had worked well before. Uh, everything except taking pictures. <laughs> so, you, know, this is, you could take it everywhere, but the shots were They terrible. would last forever, but you would just look yeah. horrible when you showed your images. Yeah, I only got halfway there. So the, this camera now uh, takes really great shots. I mean, amazingly good photos. Uh, F20 lens. Uh, the GPS that's uh, built into it, uh, you know, again, I hadn't seen a camera with GPS for a while. I played with them early on and, and sort of lost it. But they figured out GPS now. You know, all your stuff gets uh, just tagged as you take it. You can use the screen as, a, as your little personal GPS monitor, you know. Uh, you know, you just double-click on the menu. 360 bucks, and uh, it, is, oh. it is really a nice piece of Derek, work. Derek, every it's, time I talk to you, man, there's, there's something new I got to buy. But... <laughs> Oh, uh, this thing is, this, this is a way cool camera. And, you know, the thing is, you, you know, again, you know, being a nimble photographer, this is replacing a much bigger camera that goes in a much bigger housing and everything. So suddenly my photo backpack for this trip, you know, because of micro four thirds and because of this camera is literally a third the size of last time I went to Maui. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm I'm really getting my beachcomber on now. That's the Olympus, <laughs> the Olympus Tough TG1. TG1. It is uh, it is one sweet little animal. They have a bunch of them down at the uh, U.S. Open Surfing Championship down in Huntington Beach right now. You Google that, you can see a whole lot of shots taken with Derek, it. Derek, Derek, how the, many cameras do you own right now? I don't know, a couple dozen. <laughs> Jeez. 
a couple of dozen. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I forgot. He's not like, he's not like, like a big rapper. You know, like, I don't know how many Ferraris. <laughs> I think I have a Beamer in the garage. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have an Audi in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I have a Ford in the garage. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yours is nice, so I like it your is car. Nice. I love it. You have a nice I ride. Do. I do. All right, Doug K., what is your pick of the week? Well, um, I am lucky enough that this week I got a Daikon D800e, and it, that is not my pick of the week. Although the camera, I got to tell you, like is everything that I thought it would be or hoped it would be. But one of the side benefits of that is it, the thing is the resolution is so high and the images are so sharp that Nikon published a technical guide to help people get sharper images. And it's a free download that I recommend for anybody who's interested in getting sharper images. It talks about shutter speed, tripods, um, the use of live view, which is appropriate for Nikon, Canon, and other users as well. And so the Nikon D800-D800E technical guide is my pick of the week. Free download. Wow. And we'll link to that, definitely. So, But my question yeah. for you, Doug, is, is it that complicated that you need a technical guide in order to learn how to get the best out of it? You know, I've been shooting for quite a while, and I still try and get sharper and sharper images. I mean, the reason I went to the D800e as opposed to the D800 was to get that last little bit of something out of my images. And I'm just, you know, I'm 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 a, you know, I'm sort of a pixel peeper at this point. But um, you need all this. You know, you need to know where your lens is sharpest. You need to shoot even on a tripod. You've got to shoot with your mirror up uh, so you don't get mirror vibration. And there's all sorts of things that you really need to do if you're going to get if you're going to have a camera like this uh, and get every little bit out of it. But it, these things apply to all photographers. I think it's pretty helpful. All right. Real quick, Doug. Uh, Nikon D800E, thumbs up, thumbs down. Should I go buy one? A big thumbs up. And uh, just plan to sell two or three other bodies to help pay for it. <laughs> He's talking about camera bodies. <laughs> oh, Not man. necessarily. Not so I, I, I was I was getting ready to get my pimp hat out of the closet. Damn. Nice. <laughs> it's it's you know here. Let me tell you about the D eight hundred E in a nutshell. It is it it's a it's a tripod camera. I mean, you're shooting 36 megapixels. You've got hu you've got huge files to deal with. This is not something to go out and shoot sports with. Uh, don't waste your time. Don't just don't waste the camera shooting handheld. You know, my other new camera is a Sony uh, NEX7, which I love very much. Um, and then I have a I also have a D3S Nikon. And you know, the D3S is my action uh, sports low light camera. But now I have a great landscape tripod camera for you know th shots that are very carefully planned out so so what are you bringing to the workshop doug uh i'm gonna bring the nex7 and the d800e nice good, good. Yeah, oh, that's my, doug's should, coming out he's gonna join us on the sonoma coast oh cool yeah so you're, you'll yeah, love yeah. it doug i'm telling you i have to, i have to learn how to do landscape photography now that i have a landscape you'll camera. learn you'll learn at the workshop <laughs> i'm sure it's in fact it's my my third derek story workshop and i'm really looking forward oh. to it yeah this is this will be fun uh, i i'm glad you're coming you bring your bring your toys with hey, you hey I dan will. dan yeah. you should fly out and come to and, and make it a big party i would love to make it a party we'll do the, the d3 <laughs> all right all right uh i guess it's down to me what's my pick of the week so i have two picks of the week one is we've been talking about creative live in this episode so uh the inside the glamour studio 
workshop that she's doing is coming up on August 29th, 2012 at 9am. I mean, this is a live sort of event that is completely free. So I'm going to be streaming it. I'm going to be watching it here uh, at my computer. So definitely check that out. That's my pick. And my second pick is, as I think I mentioned on a previous show, I finally broke down and got my iPad I guess it's called the new iPad, not an iPad 3. But I got my new iPad, and I protected it with their smart cover, of course. I got the black smart, the black leather smart cover for it. But I also got the Incipio Feather Ultralight hard case for the back of it to protect the back. It's the same brand that's on my uh, MacBook Air 11-inch. And it is, it just may, I think this should have been built into the thing. It is just amazing. So definitely check it out. It's at, it's the, it's called the Incipio Feather Ultralight Hard Case for iPad. And it just, it just adds this sort of rubberized, silky feeling backing to the iPad. And then it fits perfectly with the smart cover on the front. So when they're both on there together, it just feels like it, it's just a tool instead of a piece of delicate electronics that you need to baby. So love it. I, I would never buy, I would never have an iPad without this sort of configuration on it. You know, I'm just taking an iPad next week. I'm not taking any computers. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but I got a camera connection kit and you know, it's, that's all I need. Now, Derek, don't you do, you do a workshop called the, the nimble photographer. You have a talk or something, right? Uh, I got a bunch of stuff. I'm actually working on a, a book of, about that. And, you know, this is something that's been brewing for a long time. I've, I've always talked about it, but you, you know, as you were saying earlier about what a great time we live in. And, uh, if you, if you really, are willing to think a little differently about how you go about your work. It can be a fantastic time we live yeah, in. And, it's uh, amazing. And that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of what that's about. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I would definitely want to check that out. You know, one, one yeah. of the things on that, I'm trying to find this app now before we, we close the show off. Um, I found this audio application. Uh, there it is. It's called, it's on my iPad. It's called, H-O-K-U-S-A-I, Hokusai. So Hokusai, uh, Japanese, I'm not sure exactly what it means, but it is an audio recording application for people like me that do interviews and that sort of thing. And it's, I think it's either like, I think it might be free, but like at least just a couple bucks. And it's amazing that what it does and now, basically, I have a recording studio in my in the seat pocket in my car. You know that I can do all kinds of crazy stuff with. So, just wanted to throw that out there. It's that's wild. Do you get a waveform with yeah. it for for trimming? Yeah, and stuff? it'll save direct. Yeah, you can trim, you can fade in, fade out, all that stuff. It'll save directly oh, to man. Dropbox if you want. To. Yeah, I like that. I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's just crazy, crazy. All right, guys, we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Uh, Dan, where can people go to find out more about you? Okay, um, they can go to about.me slash Dan Ablin. And if I may uh, mention that I'll be hosting a PPA Super Monday workshop here at our studio. So you can go to uh, – actually, I'll put the link on the, on the thing Yeah, there. yeah, put, it, put it in the, the Google Doc and we'll put it on the site. And you can uh, see one of my shots in Rangefinder in August this month. Oh, very cool. All right, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, part of the – there was a senior back-to-school contest, so I got, uh, got published for that. So that should be out this week, I think. All right, very cool. I will look for that in the mail. Cool. Rangefinder. 
All right, Mr. Derek Story, where can people go to find out more about the stuff that you're working on? Uh, I think everything's at thedigitalstory.com. And uh, all my socials run through there and uh, link to the workshops uh, is there. Uh, we I haven't announced it yet, but uh, there's two seats left for the uh, October workshop. So and what's that one on? That, that one we go shoot uh, wildlife with a camera uh, at um, – Safari West, and then we're going to do landscape, fall landscape stuff in the vineyards. I I like the specification that you were shooting them with a camera, so you're not you're not doing the GoDaddy thing with the elephant. No, (laughs) no, no. But I I tell you, this place is amazing. Safari West is is crazy. I mean, it is literally like you're in Africa, but you're in Sonoma County. You don't have to get shots, you know, like in your arm. You don't have to get shots to go see these animals. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks, Derek. And Mr. Doug K, where are you at online? Uh, you can find me always start at DougK.com or best is to find me on Google Plus as Doug K. And that's K-A-Y-E. It is. That's it. Or show up and crash at Derek's Story Sonoma Coast Workshop, even though there's no room left. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's like, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a few dozen of our closest friends there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but if you could, I would definitely sincerely recommend to the the listeners if you want to learn about photography and you happen to be in the Bay Area or coming to the Bay Area, try to get on the waiting list for Derek's workshops. They are life changing. So definitely check that stuff out. All right, guys, uh, thank you. It is uh, it's been a pleasure. To the listeners, if you want to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, please check out thisweekinphoto.com. Also, please support this little show by leaving us a comment on iTunes. And of course, speaking of iTunes, please check out our little podcast app. It's a handy way to keep up with our shows as soon as they are released. And finally, if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at frederickvan.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>